Hey everyone, welcome back to Gals on Topic, your favorite book club and then some. I'm Sadie. I'm Izzy. And I'm Michelle. <laughs> and today for our next episode, to, our topic will be A Court of Mist and Fury, chapters 19 through 21, joined by a very special guest, Michelle. Yay! Hello. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm and so excited. We're so excited to have Michelle here because she's a fellow first-time reader. Yes, yes. It's been um, so awesome just getting into the series and like um, how much fun I've had just like listening to the podcast and, um, you know, keeping up with um, all of the all of the hot takes. I love it. <laughs> and I cannot wait to start getting your opinions because we haven't had any other I mean we've only had one guest but I feel like most of our friends have read the series so I'm super super curious to hear if your takes align with Sadie's thoughts because obviously we haven't released the episodes yet for season two and this is going to be a lot of fun yeah because I haven't really been able to talk about book too much with anyone because our episodes aren't out yet and um and and everyone's like read them but she Izzy doesn't want anyone to influence me no so I'm really (laughs) excited to start talking about it with you and I'm yeah just to see if our theories align I literally get so on edge whenever Sadie starts talking about the books to any of our friends like I just I'm standing next to her like silently giving them all like devil eyes like don't say anything don't say anything don't say anything Um, before we get started, how are you guys? How was your weekend? Even though I saw you most of this weekend. Happy Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day. I'm so tired. Sadie's a little unwell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been a long weekend. A good weekend, but a very long one. Um, we all attended the biggest spectacle in racing. (laughs) (laughs) The Indy 500. Obviously, you all knew that. Um, I had one of my best friends from home visiting with her boyfriend. I don't like referring to him as her boyfriend. So I had my two friends from home visiting, Angela and Ryan, and we had a great weekend. They drove all the way up here for the race. It was so fun. Um, And yeah, so it was like a really long weekend because it was entertaining all weekend. And then, you know, obviously we ended it with a bang with the race. Yeah, I had an amazing time. It was my first time at the Indy 500. Me too. So what a great way to break it in. Um, and a couple rookies. <laughs> newbies. <laughs> newbies, for sure. But um, really, really had a lot of fun. And getting up at 4 a.m. to go drinking just reminded me of the college days. Yeah, really haven't done that in a while. Um, and definitely suffered the consequences Last night and today. Really got struck down by the 500. But that's I'm okay. Glad you're still with us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So before we get into the chapters, because Michelle is a first time guest, we did take the quiz to find out her court just before this. And we discovered that she is a fellow night court citizen. With Sadie. Ta-da. <laughs> Again, only the best get crowned, as I said previously. But it was another, like, really spot-on description. Like, I really don't think this quiz lies. 
No, this is probably like the most on point BuzzFeed quiz I've ever seen. Like, yeah. Yeah. And Michelle, I also, before we went, before we get started, I want to get your takes on book one. I know you read it super fast. I did extremely fast. (laughs) Okay. So what did you think? Wow. Um, so definitely new to the series, but, um, I got through about the first half of the book in a couple days. And then when I got to the second half of the book, I couldn't put it down. <laughs> so the both of you probably already know that I stayed up until 4 a.m. to finish it because I was that much like I was so in it. I was there. I was in the trenches in, the, in those last chapters. It was <laughs> insane. It was crazy. Couldn't put it down. And then after I put the book down, I was like panting it felt like I was like I just ran a marathon through all of everything that was happening Amarantha oh my god it was did you um did you guess the answer to the riddle correctly okay so I was like there's no way it's love I was like it can't be that easy and then it was that and I was like oh come on so you did yeah you did though think that it was love okay so you got it I um so Connor has not read the book, but he has been listening to the podcast and following along. And so when we got to the riddle episode, like two weeks ago, he was listening while me and him were on a plane. And then he was like, he literally wrote down the riddle and then he was making guesses. Like he was reading it and then making guesses, but none of them were correct. Like he guessed, he was like, I think it's Amarantha. I think that's the answer. And I was looking at him and I was like, okay. Definitely get overthinking it a little because I was like, there's no way. No way. That's so funny. Um, Wait, I was dying though because I really appreciate you were saying, you know, like, oh, I'm going to stop reading for the episode two so like we're in the same boat so that you you know because you were saying you're the only one who doesn't have to stop but like I want to point out you didn't have to stop at the peak of the book you stayed up till 4 a.m and finished it (laughs) so again (laughs) suffering alone (laughs) yeah that was for book one so I finished that one but I have not finished book two so I am stopped just at chapter 21 so I could be here with you. I do remember in the podcast, like earlier episodes, you talked about like, you're like, nobody else is like here with me. Like everybody knows what happens. And I don't. And I'm like, no, I'm here with you. Yeah. Today. In today. At today. Today. And then you will leave me as you read on. <laughs> but what a beautiful <laughs> show of solidarity. That. I know. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I do. So we're getting two sets of raw reactions to these chapters. You guys both freshly finished them today. Two sets of predictions. So before we talk about book two and what's happened thus far, um, from book one, what how are how do you feel about the characters? Do you have a favorite character? Like try to take yourself back to that morning, four AM. How did you feel about Resanded Tamlin? And follow-up question, fuck Mary Kill, Resanded <laughs> Tamlin Lucian. <laughs> just to get us just to get it like a uh, to give the people a sense of where you stand. Totally. But right. back then. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Back then, especially in those last set of like eight chapters, mm-hmm. I hated Resand. I was like, I hate him, I hate him. And then obviously I saw what he was trying to do. 
And I'm like, okay, like greater good. He's helping himself. He's helping Feyre. Okay, don't really like the tattoo thing. I was like, I felt like that was a little controlling. <laughs> um, but I was just really happy that like Amarantha had been defeated. I was like, I don't know, tears, sadness, joy, like all of the emotions. Um, happy that, you know, Feyre and Tamlin could be reunited in their love. I know they, they were hiding it in the last set of chapters like they were just you know surviving it was all survival um coming into book two though I don't know I might have some hot takes (laughs) where did you stand with Tamlin at the end of book one I I felt like I was like him and Farah finally get their happy ending like they had been through enough they had been through the trenches it was you know survival they had had the worst happen like and she literally like died there for a minute and then came back to life so um I think they both had been through so much that they deserved their happy ending like they yeah. deserved to be together after all of that yeah okay and now 21 chapters into book two where do we stand with Tamlin oh my um slash what do you think is going to happen with him Okay, well, my hot take right now at this moment okay. is that I like Rhysand more than Tamlin. Okay. And I'm hoping that Sarah J. Moss does not make me regret that later in the series for <laughs> saying this now <laughs> as I read on. Um, but I'm also like, why is Rhysand almost too nice and perfect now? Like, he's got the bad boy exterior, but mm-hmm. like husband material interior. Um, just saying Tamlin and Farah, I just think as a couple they really are not talking about their grief their pain they're not acknowledging their trauma from everything with Amarantha um, and their time under the mountain and I think it's just like tearing them apart right now Um, it's it's really sad to see that but yeah okay so back to my question I feel like some of our episodes have been (laughs) leaked because I feel like I said the same kind of thing about them not talking about their trauma and how it's just like destroying them and making yeah her more susceptible to another love interest. Totally. But I am and I'm definitely still like feeling resand more right now, but I'm skeptical on the 180. I agree. I'm like, why so nice all of a sudden? Why do we get to see this side of him? I'm like what's what's the end game here what's gonna happen right right exactly like how was he so unlikable for most of book one and now completely shifting in book two totally but again back to my question sorry sorry (laughs) (laughs) fuck mary kill tamlin reese lucian oh oh at this stage though or is this like now and now i almost feel like i have a follow-up question but continue oh okay um I don't know. Uh, Tamlin right now is a little on my nerves with how he was handling everything. Um, I'm Michelle sad. so polite. Like, he's a little on my nerves. <laughs> I'm just sad that like he went from being so wholesome and like the lover boy, you know, to being so controlling and like I know it's out of fear and everything. So right now he's getting my kill. Um, he's <laughs> Sadie, you killed him too. Because like for much different reasons. (laughs) Much more different reasons. Um but I will definitely give my my fuck to Lucian. And as the latest member of the Night Court, 
Rhysand gets my Mary because I'm I'm really digging him right now. But hopefully I do not regret any of this later on. And I'm like, oh, no, and he turns out to be bad or something. Like, please don't let this happen. True. You guys might be biased by loyalty to your hometown. Yeah, I think um, in chapter 21 of book two, I am I stand with my fuck, Mary kill from book one. Yeah, for sure. I think you, you said married you, you married Lucian. Yeah, I stand by that. Sand. Okay, so you guys just flipped Sand and Lucian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we both killed Tamlin. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't really like Tamlin much from the beginning. I shipped him with Farah, but I wasn't I wasn't there, remember? But I right. also didn't like Farah. So, you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. I think I also love like Resand has this bad boy trope. Mm-hmm. And I love it when they are, turn out to be a great guy on the inside. And yeah. they have, like, a reason and there's something. Like, I love the depth. And I'm really digging that right now. And I feel like I'm not getting that from Tamlin. Yeah. yeah. Okay, last question before we get into the chapters. Because I want to ask Michelle this as a first-time reader. I know they're still pretty new. But what are our initial impressions of Cassian and Asriel? So I do love having all the new characters. (laughs) It is really nice to kind of get some of the take on um, Rhysand's like inner circle. Love more. Amryn, I think I have some questions on her. I'm like, what was she before? She was given a new body. I want to hear more about that. Um, Asriel and Cassian, I'm like, they are, they're both the same and different at the same time. Um, But I would love to like get more of their backgrounds, I think, and just like, see where they fit into this story because I feel like they're there for a reason yeah they're there for a reason yeah after these three chapters I'm I'm really liking Cassian he seems like cool guy he's like tough and you know has same as some of the wittiness that Resand brings to the table but he also is like not willing to take it as far as Resand is, I think, proven by like the Weaver situation. Yeah. Yeah, definitely we'll get into that a little more. But I do want to say I had in my notes here before I got into these chapters that I was really suspicious of this high priestess. Is it Ianthe? Ianthe? Mm hmm. I don't know. I've always got the vibe from her. I put that in my notes before this, and I'm like, and then I got to the end of these chapters, and I'm like, I knew it. I knew it. I was not wrong. See, I totally was just so happy that Feyre kind of had a friend. I think I didn't pick up on any of the red flags. But then I was like, oh, yeah, Ianthi was a terrible friend. Moore is a great friend so far. Yeah, I want to talk about this more later. But in earlier episodes of season two, I I threw out a possibility of Ianthi possibly getting with Tamlin. Is that going to happen? You know, maybe she tried. I mean, that's true. We don't know. Chapter 20. Maybe she's trying <laughs> currently. Okay. okay. She just didn't have good friend energy. It just felt like yeah. She wasn't a solid friend. She, she wasn't for the girls. She's not a girl's, girls girl at all. At all. Okay. So let's get into it cuz I'm really excited to hear your guys' predictions. So we left off chapter 18 with Feyre and Reese heading back from seeing the bone carver. 
and Feyre and Reese get back and Cassian and the squad is waiting for them at the townhouse and Reese tells them gives them the whole debrief of the cauldron the reason behind the temple pillagings but he doesn't tell them all of the details of what Feyre had to reveal to the bone carver for this info and then Asriel starts asking a bunch of questions and then says he's going to contact his source at the summer court about where the half of the book of breathings is and that's as a recap we've found out you know the cauldron has been taken it's being repurposed they need to find the book of breathings to nullify the cauldron so that's what they're going to start hunting for and then Moore asks what Reese has planned and Reese says that the king of Highburn has sacked one of their temples to get a missing piece of the cauldron so as far as he's concerned that's an act of war already so we're at war <laughs> we're at war it's happening it's happening and they start they start really hatching their plan Reese says that that act itself means that Hybern's forces have already successfully infiltrated their lands without detection. So they've got to start acting quickly. They've got to start putting together some, you know, some battle plans. So, um, Michelle, I want you to plug your ears for a second because I'm about to reference a spoiler that I saw that I've already shared that I've seen. And so I don't want you to hear. Do I need to step out of the room for this? <laughs> it's not that serious of a spoiler. It's not like ruining the book for me or anything. But I just am curious. Do you want to hear this? It's not. It, I will say this isn't really. It's not. It's not really and I'm not even going to say what I really heard. But basically, okay. I know that Nesta is going to start becoming an, a bigger character. I had a feeling they'd bring her back. Yeah. So my thing is i'm just putting out the prediction that they're hunting of the half of the book of breathings that's in the mortal realm that's gonna be how nesta starts getting involved and you know likening up to fairies and stuff so that's my prediction okay putting it out there okay noted (laughs) and to your point that's that's one of their the steps in their plan so but I wrote that before they said this. So okay. really, it's just, it was really just ahead of the game. Okay. <laughs> you, re- you always are. So Reese wants to break into Highburn, which is obviously very complicated. And Reese, they don't know how they're going to do this, but essentially that's where the cauldron is. So if the cauldron's in Highburn, they have to go to Highburn. And they have two kind of courses of action. So they need to get to Highburn to get to the cauldron, either to take it, or to nullify it. And this will take a lot of planning. So they're starting now to figure out how to get through all the wards. That's kind of Asriel's job. In the meantime, they're going to hunt for the book. So Cassian asks, how are they going to find the book? And Reese tells everyone his master plan, which is basically using Feyre to track it down and then wield it. Because if the High Lords have hidden something or protected it with their power, No matter where it's been concealed, she should be able to track it through the magic that brought her back to life. And Feyre's like, I mean, maybe, but that's what the bone carver said. Like, we don't know that for sure. The whole time they're recapping this plan, I was like, what were y'all going to do if Feyre decided not to work with you? What if Feyre had, or what if Tamlin had been good to Feyre and she never enjoyed these visits? Like, what? (laughs) 
their their entire every step of their plan is solely reliant on Feyre. Yeah. And Reese <laughs> said like he would have been doing this a lot earlier, but she wasn't working with him yet. Well, what if she never did? No I don't know. backup plan. This Literally. Is no backup plan. But do you think maybe because he has this connection to her through his mind and like that bond that they share that he like had a feeling she'd come around yeah or he was just gonna like mind control her if she didn't (laughs) yeah because he always very much leaves things up to her choice even which i love which we love even though i'm like well the the stake of like the universe (laughs) like that's the stakes is like the world (laughs) i feel like he just like he's connected with her he knows her whether that was voluntary or not just like knows that at the end of the day she's gonna make the choice the right choice yeah we hope and i would honestly say and i had this in my notes that risan knows pharah through her like thoughts and feelings and i would say he kind of has a leg up on tamlin just because he has this bond with her and like they're not talking like pharah and tamlin don't talk about anything but he knows what's going on in there without her having to say anything and so he has a leg up on Tamlin he has so many legs up on Tamlin he can literally see what Feyre is having nightmares about he can see what's pissing her off about Tamlin like he can feel that yeah all pre pre wall but yeah 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 he can see what Tamlin's not doing like oh might be nice if she had someone to hold her hair back once in a while when she's throwing up in the middle of the night like he, yeah he just I mean, knows like, it's a little manipulative I mean, we don't know that he's using it, but it's the little things that count. (laughs) For sure. Thoughtful. We love thoughtful. Yeah. But uh, to your point earlier, Sadie, they, their entire plan revolves around Feyre. So what they first need to do is test to make sure that she can actually track down these items. So Reese is planning on taking another little trip with Feyre to see if she can find an object of his that he's been missing. And just at him saying this, Moore says, shit. And Asriel says, to the weaver. <laughs> <laughs> and the test is to see if Feyre can identify an object of Reese's that's at the weaver's trove. And right away, the rest of the squad is like, you are crazy. Like, Moore says, you're out of your mind. Feyre's like, who is the weaver? And Azriel tells her she is a very ancient and wicked creature who should remain unbothered. Which, like, how many of these do we have? Yeah, and Feyre even points out they have very ominous names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Weaver, Bone Carver, like, they all they all have a reputation. Yeah, yeah. and they're really creepy. Yeah. Some creepy hobbies. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, collecting bones that have significant meaning. I don't know, yeah. like. We'll get into the weaver a little bit, but yeah, that was creepy too. Super creepy. And Azriel tells Reese to find another way to test Feyre's abilities. And Reese is like, I mean, it's Feyre's call. And Feyre doesn't feel any fear about doing this task, even though Moore and Azriel are like clearly scared for her, which isn't, which isn't a good thing. Like she's just so numb that she's incapable of feeling afraid about a risky situation like putting her life in danger because she just doesn't 
feel anything from all the terror and like emotional hardship that she's been through. So basically Reese has something in there that's his and she's Mm -hmm. supposed to go in there without any idea what it is and just like use her powers to like feel the connection to the object. And I'm just like, it seems like there could be a simpler way. Like they train dogs to find drugs and they just like hide (laughs) them in parks. Like, can't they just do that? Like, does her life right. have to be on the right. line like, here? We can go to a park and Reese can put something, like hide it in a tree and see if Bear <laughs> can find it. Exactly. <laughs> Such a good point. So what I'm hearing is he could have made this simpler, but he didn't. Exactly. No, they chose the path of most resistance. Um, but, you know, how interesting would that be? Totally. If- <laughs> You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, but and she as, she conquered some other demons while there. Exactly, he had he had several layers to this plan, mm-hmm. and as he's giving her this choice, and again, she should be feeling afraid or like some hesitation, apprehension to this, but she's not. She just feels nothing inside, and Reese can kind of feel this or sense it, and so he offers her another job also. He suggests that she become his official emissary to the night court for the human realm. So she's the point person who manages the relationship or communication between things night court and things humans. That was like a quick blurb in the book. And they did not speak enough on that. I totally agree. That is like a big deal to have like an official role. Like that's... Lucian, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's a Lucian equivalent and like they kind of just glossed over it. Yeah, I know. I felt like he was doing this in this moment to give her a, a higher sense of purpose. Like seeing seeing how she was just so n- nothing rather rather than just a dog that's that's training to go find yeah, the treasure. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote all of this down actually. So my whole thing is um Restand is a man with a plan. He's got many agendas, many layers, but like part of it is giving her purpose again, but not telling her. It's more of like letting her build her confidence because she's so burnt out and broken, like going through all these chapters in book two. She's not the same, but she's slowly getting her spark back. But he's like, you know, I'm helping her, but I'm also helping the world and I'm helping save like what's important to me, too. And the red thread here connecting all of this is like man with a plan he's got layers he's got agendas every time something happens we're like why and i'm like oh of course he had a plan for that too yeah he is a man with a plan i would love to read a chapter from his pov because he just like yes. he's always thinking he's always thinking of his next move even like the move after that cue taylor swift mastermind <laughs> like 4d chess over here we don't know what's happening next (laughs) so true and yeah they don't give a lot of detail about this human emissary role but basically what they do talk about is that there hasn't been an emissary to the human realm for a while but now with war coming and knowing that the book of breathings is in the human court not the human court (laughs) the mortal realm the humans will need to also be prepared, one, for a war, and then two, they need to communicate with the humans to be able to find the Book of Breathings and talk to the queens to get that back. 
And then he suggests that they set up camp in her family's estate kind of as a neutral space, like have that as a foothold in the human world. So that's a whole nother layer that, you know, we don't really get to in these chapters, but we'll get to later on. Feyre doesn't really want to bring her sisters into this, but she thinks back to Claire better, and she knows that this is actually the best way to protect her sisters. So she says that she'll do it. So that was a big step with not a lot of information, but we'll get back to that later. And now we have a plan. So one, they're going to figure out if Feyre can track objects protected by High Lords. Two, they're going to start making their way into the human lands, setting a foothold there. And then they're also going to start searching for the book while trying to figure out how to break into Highburn. So those are the various steps we have laid out for us. Lot, lots of workflows working at once. <laughs> Man with a plan, I'm yeah. telling you. We're parallel pathing it. And so the next morning, Feyre wakes up bright and early, Therese knocking at her door and it's the day that they're gonna go see the weaver so she tells him to come in and then he storms inside throws a belt at her that's like strapped with knives and he tells her to start getting ready because they're trying to get up early to go see the weaver and he starts flinging open her dresser throwing clothes at her and he's like we need to be gone before the sun's fully up because like time is of the essence once the king of hyber knows they're looking for the book he's going to send more people to search for it and this is kind of what we talked about earlier Feyre realizes that reese has been planning this for a long time and he's just been waiting for her to agree to help and so she also realizes oh this is why you wanted me to learn how to read so I can use the book to nullify the cauldron. And Reese is like, well, you should have learned to read no matter what. But yes, like I told you, it served my own purposes. This is one of them. And Feyre tells him of any, if he has any future schemes planned, she needs to be notified of them. And Reese says noted. And then he opens a drawer that's full of her underwear. And then he laughs and holds up a very, lacy sexy pair and is like oh I'm surprised you didn't demand that Nuala and Saradwin buy you something else <laughs> I would die <laughs> <laughs> and Feyre grabs it from him and says you're drooling on the carpet and for once I actually like this that comeback. was actually <laughs> a good comeback for once she has something witty I was proud She's coming back. I'm telling you, she's slowly coming back from burnout. She has the sarcastic replies. We're we're getting Feyre back (laughs) from burnout. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So she changes and then she comes back into the room and he helps her get her belt of knives on. And he tells her that she can't use swords or bow and arrows because the weaver will sense those weapons. But knives are fine. Because she has knives in her house. So yes. It like- so it doesn't set off alarm bells. So then he kneels and beckons for her to put her leg through one of the loops into the knife belt to like strap her in. And it's like very intimate. I didn't think of it that way in the moment. Like, I mean, I did. But like, I just imagined it as like one of those harnesses you put on to like go zip lining. Where you have to like step into them. I pictured that too. So I was like, not sexual. 
yeah, it shouldn't be sexual because he's literally fastening knives onto her. But like he's kneeling and then he's sliding this loop up her leg. So like one hand's on her thigh. Yeah. One hand yeah, is yeah. fastening her in, buckling it up. <laughs> and as he's doing this, Feyre's like, okay, well, will the weaver sense me? And he tells her, don't make any noises, don't touch anything except for the object that belongs to him. And then Reese, still with hands on thighs, <laughs> looks up at her and like his eyes are kind of, you know, doing their twinkly thing. And then Favor recalls the moment he ordered Tamlin to bow to him back in book one. And she's like, right now, Reese, a high lord, is on his knees like before me. That's what she thinks of. Dramatic. (laughs) (laughs) She's just helping you put on your straps. But I will say, like, I didn't think of it as sexual until, like, the last part of this. Yeah. But also, I think it was just an interesting callback because in that moment when Reese was telling Tamlin to bow before him, like, Feyre hated him so much in that moment. And now... Now look at her. Yeah. And I was glad she called that back because I want her to have more callbacks to Reese's bad behavior in the first book because I want her to think through them and then also ask him about them because she says here, she's like, I wonder if he um, did that to like play up his facade or out of revenge because they do have bad blood between their families. So I'm like, hopefully she asks him that. I'm sure they'll have a combo. They're open about their feelings with each other, unlike another relationship. (laughs) They're very open. (laughs) Okay, so Reese, still in same position, on his knees, hands on legs. He he tells her that if the bone carver was correct, then Feyre and the object should have the same imprint in his terms. So the weaver shouldn't notice her presence as long as Farah touches that thing only. And apparently the weaver is blind, but other senses are lethal. So Farah needs to find the object fast and then GTFO. So she obviously sounds super creepy and we soon learn she is really creepy. And then Farah is kind of like, okay, well, what if she does notice me? And Reese just says, then we will learn precisely how skilled you are. And this obviously, Feyre glares at him. But Reese says, would you rather I locked you in the house of wind and made you wear fine clothes and plan my parties? That is a chirp. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Feyre's like, go to hell. And then asks why he can't just go and get this object himself. And I'm like, the test. We just talked about this. Yeah. The test. (laughs) The multi-layered plan. And he's like, well, besides that we're using this as a test, High Lords aren't supposed to interfere with her, meaning the Weaver. But Feyre can't be detected because she belongs to every court, kind of. She is a piece of all the High Lords. And then Feyre says, so I'm your huntress and thief. And then the last line of chapter 18 is, his hand slid down to cup the backs of my knees as he said with a roguish grin, you are my salvation, Feyre. Which that was sexual. A hundred percent. I wrote, whoo, 
hot moment. Can you imagine a man being his head between your legs, basically, and you say, <laughs> and he says, you're my salvation? Salvation. Ooh. I would say this is the exact point where I was like, love triangle. It starts <laughs> now. Like, this is it. Here's Look. where it all begins. Salvation. Like, that is such a powerful word. While his hands are on his her knees while he's kneeling before her. Yeah. Bold. <laughs> Flirtatious and serious. Yeah. I think he's like testing and I kind of have this note for the next chapter, but like he's kind of like testing how far he can start pushing the line with Feyre. Like I feel like he was actually as far as relationship and sexually or whatever like he wasn't pushing that boundary too much and now that Pharaoh's starting to come into her own and she's kind of truly left Hamlin they still need closure as I've ranted about previously I feel like he's now like okay she seems like she's oh she's starting to get better like can I kind of push that envelope a little bit so question for both of you what do you think Resan's POV. What is he thinking about Feyre? Like, he's clearly he flirts with her. I think he is in love with her. I think that little look was the mating bond at the end of book one. Ooh. I well, I said at the end that it was like I was like, did he fucking like see Amarantha in her or something? Or I was like, did they mate? Like, I feel like he the mating bond happened on his side or. Or he's it just fallen in love with her while he's spent endless days in her brain over the past couple months. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's yeah. just in love with her and invested in her. I don't know. I go back and forth because, like, when I'm reading, these are my thoughts that, like, he's in love with her and he's, like, kind of trying to push the envelope now. Sorry. Um, but I don't know why when we come back – when we come onto the mic, I feel more anti-Resand than I am. <laughs> like, like in like since we started recapping, I'm like manipulator, schemer. Like he's only using Farah to like help his plans. His plans are good to save the world, but but like I don't know why. But when I'm reading it, I'm like he loves her. <laughs> Maybe just when we start talking about it, you just remember that Tamlin is still a factor because we also were talking about Tamlin. True, true. And yeah, and I need that chapter to be closed. But I also, I think a lot of it is um, just like being out of the details of his words Mm -hmm. and just thinking about it more in a more black and white sense. Yeah. Like, I'm less like what he's doing is okay. But I, I think he's in love with her. Mating bond or just from months being in her head and feeling connected to her. Michelle, what do you think? It's almost like she took the words like right out of my brain. Oh my Are we from the same court? <laughs> we might be. I don't know. We also all showed up in matching outfits today. So I'm looking at Michelle and Sadie in their white tank tops and their black shorts. <laughs> they are from the same court. Yeah. I did write down here like the Ikea effect where it's if you put time into building something or like a piece of furniture so that you're like more likely to have that like attachment with it and I think he's like building Farah's self-confidence her purpose her persona like shattered after Amarantha and everything she went through and he is like 
slowly building her back up but not in a way where like if she's told what to do she hates it like so he knows he can't do that yeah and he's smart enough to kind of give her these small things that maybe are a little tough and scary but he's like this is definitely going to boost her confidence and also make her feel like she has a purpose and so he's slowly building that but he also could be falling in love with her I don't know. Did you just come up come up with IKEA effect or is that a thing? I've never heard of that, but I love My that. mind is blown. I'm titling the episode that. <laughs> I am so honored. Is that actually a thing or is that just what you thought of? It is a thing. It's actually in their marketing of like why you have to put the furniture together yourself because you feel like you have an investment in it that you like put work into it and it took, you know, time and effort and it wasn't too much time and effort where you were like, I'm ready to give up. But then you're like proud of your work after. I mean, that's probably so true, but what a brilliant marketing technique because it also saves them so much money. (laughs) It really does. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah way to trick me into thinking there's a reason i'm putting this shit together (laughs) wow i love that michelle with some words of wisdom and a marketing lesson at first i was like oh that's the engineer in her but she's a former engineer now she's a marketing but it was the marketing in you (laughs) okay any last thoughts on chapter 19 before we get into chapter 20 My final thought will be like, I'm just seeing this budding love triangle. And I know you talked about it before, um, even in book one and um, those episodes. But I'm just seeing something here. And as we're going along, I just keep thinking of like Twilight and like Bella and Edward and um, Jacob. And I'm just like, interesting, interesting. Is this the new moon book? Oh, my God. Whoa, that actually. (laughs) Yeah, my my mind is blown. You're so right. This is the new moon book. <laughs> this is the new moon book. And that he even has like, Jacob has his wolf pack. Reese has his Illyrians. Like Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh Wait. gosh. What's the third book? Eclipse? The third book yes. is Eclipse. Yeah. So is she going to go back to Tammy Town? Or is she a part of the wolf pack? I can honestly say I have no idea. <laughs> I'm here in solidarity with you. I have literally no idea. I love that. Usually I have to be like, I don't know, even though I do know. <laughs> you do a great job of hiding it. I'm like, how does she do this? How does she not spoil it? My face would give it away if I knew. There's an evil side to her. She loves the, the torture. <laughs> but I also love how Michelle is saying, like, right now is truly where the love triangle is kind of starting because... I feel like I was truly out in left field when I first brought it up. Well, I think, I mean, you could see it still, but or like just in terms of maybe that's where the plot will take us. But Reese has always been flirty with her, but it kind of felt like that's just who he is. And he's just doing it to make her uncomfortable or make Tamlin uncomfortable or whatever. That's just who, that's just how he talks. But in these chapters, it does feel like he's flirting with her to flirt with her. Like Totally, totally. There is a show... Or movie, maybe. And we can cut this out if I don't remember. <laughs> but Or if you guys can't help me remember. But there's a show or a movie, maybe, that um, where there's the, one of the characters flirts with everyone. And then everyone, like, tells the girl, like, oh, he's in love with you. And she's like, no, he just flirts with everyone. What is that in? Oh, oh, I remember. The Summer I Turned Pretty. 
the oh. younger brother he just flirts with everyone it's just his personality but then they're like belly he's in love with you and she's like no he just flirts with everyone but he he was really in love with her it's part of the bad boy exterior totally. <laughs> he's gotta sell it he sells it really hard but doesn't feel like he's selling it this time for an image yeah no it's very purposeful like he he means more of what he's saying so anyway let's get into it a very flirty section followed by a very um action-packed section okay so chapter 20 begins with reese winnowing them to a forest that Feyre says feels ancient before we fully get into this ken i'm just like looking over my notes as you're getting into chapter 20 and what am i like what am i supposed to do with this one of my notes is just oh shit (laughs) what am i supposed to do with that what part does that apply to i don't know that could apply to a few different sections Okay, carry on. When it feels right, I'm just going to say that note. Okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So they're in the heart of Prithian. So if we consult our map, we see there's a section of Prithian that doesn't belong to any court. This is where Amaranthas under the mountain existed. And this is where the Weaver's Cottage is also. When Feyre asks why Amarantha didn't wipe out the other living things in this area, if she wanted this area for herself... And Reese says, Amarantha was no fool. She didn't touch these creatures, even though for years I tried to find ways to manipulate her into making that foolish mistake. What is scarier than Amarantha? That was my first question. Yeah. Like, that puts things into perspective. Because (laughs) Feyre's like, so now we're just bothering her for fun? (laughs) (laughs) To train, Feyre, to train. Yeah. And this makes Reese laugh, and he says, Cassian last night tried to convince me not to take you. I thought he might even punch me. And this leads us to a very interesting interaction, because Feyre's like, why? I barely know him. Which I'm like, you cannot know someone well and still not think they should die. (laughs) And then as they're walking through the forest, Reese is like, who knows? With Cassian, he's probably more interested in fucking you than protecting you this was so a test to see how pharaoh would react to being intimate with another man so pharaoh calls him a pig and then reese says you could you know if you needed to move on in a physical sense i'm sure cassian would be more than happy to oblige which i'm also like hasn't it been like four days five days since she left the spring court i know it's been a few chapters but it hasn't been very long i actually wrote this i said does he like think or know that she's like moved on from tamlin by her like thoughts like what gave him this idea that she is this moved on like she has a whole other life and other chapter that she has not closed out yet but i also think that um is cassian like our new lucian you know like, is he the new guy best friend, but on the other side? Thoughts? Maybe. But I do think, one, I thought it had been longer than four days. I thought we've, we've been on a couple of weeks now. I'm just trying to think. I mean, she left. They immediately went to the night court. She had dinner with everyone that night. The next day, they went to the bone carver. The next day, they went to the weaver. Well... Yeah, I don't know. But (laughs) I will say 
typically women have maybe like moved past a relationship far before they actually leave a relationship. Right. So there's also that. But if it's been four days, that's tough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Four days or like four weeks and four months are completely different timelines. And I cannot tell the timeline in this. I think maybe Sarah J. Moss needs to add a little timeline in there for us. (laughs) We have a map. We need rough like maybe some milestones here and there so we can figure out like how much time has passed. And has she had enough time to get over Tamlin or like at least think about that it does i haven't (laughs) sadie has not sadie needs closure (laughs) i agree i'm right there with you i'm like there's there's a whole nother man like kind of in the like what's actually going on with tamlin i thought about that a couple times i'm like we haven't heard about him or the spring court in a while well don't you think it's interesting that he says this and fair doesn't say like i'm taken i know and also Um, i'm like i'm also like well, she definitely feels like the relationship is passed and yeah. over. But then, like, every now and then, not while I'm reading, every now and then while we're recording, <laughs> I think about Tamlin <laughs> and how much he must be hurting yeah, back at the Springport. Spring I'd love court. to get a Tamlin POV. His, the Springport probably looks like under the mountain right now. Like, he's probably destroyed it. Yeah. Also, she almost got married. Like, I think you need to have at least a conversation of like, hey, you know, let's talk about this. Um, I know they notoriously aren't good at doing that. Um, But if you almost got married to somebody, I think you guys need to like wrap it up. Yeah. But put that aside. Cute little banter here. (laughs) Yeah. And Feyre also, in her mind, she's like, what is he talking about? But she knows that this is like a weird little game or something that, Mm -hmm. that he's playing with her. So she plays into it and she says, then tell him to come to my room tonight. Yeah, I put I put this was a test to see how she would respond to the idea of another man. She passed. (laughs) (laughs) And Reese comes closer to her and says, I'll let Cassian know you're open to his advances. And Feyre's like, yeah, good. And yeah. And they're playing like a game of chicken here. Like, yeah, he doesn't want totally, totally. <laughs> he Who's doesn't gonna... want her to, to hook up with Cassian. She has no interest in Cassian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hook up chicken. Here we go. Yeah. And during this conversation, Feyre has like climbed up onto this stone. She says so. She's almost eye level with him, and she tries to kind of jump off, but before she can, he grabs her chin and says, "Did you enjoy the sight of me kneeling before you?" Steamy very steamy is this where you wrote oh shit yeah it is yeah it is um but uh actually i don't know no that doesn't make sense with the timing of my notes but anyway um he grabs her chin so many times if a man like kept grabbing my chin to turn my face i would think get your motherfucking hands off me it's also not the cutest like your cheeks are kind of smushed together yeah 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 (laughs) i mean like the first time i was like ooh, and now i'm like oh my god does she have bruises on her jaw (laughs) like jesus yeah well favor says her heart rate speeds up a little and she tries to make another comeback but it really doesn't land love triangle (laughs) yeah but this is also what he does she remembers like he does flirt with her as a way to distract her 
And right now she thinks he's distracting her from thinking about what she's about to do. Keep her loose. Keep her on her toes. Yeah. Yeah. And then they reach the Weaver's Cottage and it's very fairy tale esque. It's like this small cottage, ordinary looking, covered with hay. Feyre says it looks like the kind of place that you would stop if you were in the woods and you were thirsty or hungry or needing shelter for the night. So very like Hansel and Gretel. I was picturing um, the little cottage that the three fairies were sleeping beauty in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I actually pictured Hansel and Gretel, too. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. And then Reese inclines his head towards the cottage and then bows to Feyre to gesture her ahead. And then he mouths, good luck, and she heads towards the door. And it feels like her entering this test has really woken up some part of her. Like Huntress Feyre survival instincts are coming back a little bit. So she pushes open the door and she hears the weaver singing a song, but she doesn't see her yet. And it's a terrifying song. The first few lines are, there were two sisters, they were playing to see their father's ships come sailing, and when they came unto the sea brim, the elder sister pushed the younger in. Sometimes she sank and sometimes she swam till her corpse came to the miller's dam. Lovely. Yeah. And then the song goes on like throughout, but those are the first few lines and I was like, ooh, creepy. It gets worse because it's about like using the pieces of the human body and making them into something else. And I wrote down sustainable question mark, I guess, but weird. (laughs) So weird. It's really creepy because as we learn, that's exactly what the weaver does. So Feyre steps into the cottage as the weaver's in there somewhere singing this creepy song. And she sees that the cottage is filled with different objects. So it looks like, in her words, like a hoarder's house. And then Feyre sees the weaver. So she sees an ancient spinning wheel. And in front of the wheel is a woman who has dark, black, long hair and pale hands. And I think when Kat was on Sadie, I forget who we were talking about, but she said someone looked like, oh, it was the um, the water wraith. She said she thinks the water wraith looks like the girl from the ring oh this This. is the girl from the ring this is the girl from the ring who did i say the water wraith looked like oh the mermaids from harry potter yeah so those are mermaids from harry potter this This is the girl from the ring. this is the girl from the ring yeah and she's spinning wool into thread but it's not wool it's hair from fey or humans or creatures or something so the weaver keeps singing she doesn't seem to know Feyre's in the house. And is waiting to feel something, but she doesn't feel anything tugging at her yet. And she starts to think that Reese sent her here on a fool's errand. But then she does feel something like a tap on her shoulder. It's not the weaver, thank God. <laughs> but like something beckoning to her. And she follows that feeling and it leads her to a shelf lining the wall beside the hearth. And she can like smell Reese looking at the object his his citrus scent his citrusy scent (laughs) and the object is a sapphire ring and Feyre's like a ring so the weaver keeps singing and in the book the lines of the creepy song are like interwoven 
into the scenes of Feyre looking for the ring. So it keeps you very on edge. It's like, Feyre sees the object. Insert creepy line from the song. <laughs> like, I examined how quickly I could run to the door. Insert creepy line from the song. So yeah, you're just the, like... The whole time I was just waiting for the weaver to stop singing. And that's the last line. So Feyre plucks the ring from the shelf and the weaver stops singing. And that's the last line of chapter 20. <laughs> Cue the oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, I think that's what the oh shit was from. <laughs> Oh shit! I forgot to do that. <laughs> it's it was a very effective like writing technique to have the creepy lines of the song about the weaver, you know, using people's body parts or whatever for different things. for different things as Feyre's examining it, and they're contained in this small house. You know, they're in such close quarters, and then the second Feyre touches the ring, the song stops. <sighs> <laughs> so chapter twenty one. Before we move on, I have one more thing. The part where it was like who she was spinning into thread. I was just like, imagine you were a person and then you were knitted into like a blanket next. I just <laughs> like that's so gross, and disgusting. Like she, Feyre describes that her senses tell her that each one of these spools of like thread was like different people. And I think it's so gross. And then, like, after this chapter, in this next chapter, or in this next chapter, when she's, like, after her, after the next scene, uh, when she just, like, feels like she can smell the human remains all. Oh, my God. It's Anytime there's mention of smells, I'm throwing up. I've never seen an author use the sense of smell so often. And it's worse in the next chapter. Yeah. 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 Just even the premise of the weaver is so unsettling. I wonder if she gives all the bones to the bone carver. (laughs) They pen pals? Like they're friends. (laughs) They're barters. Bartering. I mean, he does, you know, bone carver loves his hot gossip. I'm just saying, like, I think they have a lot to talk about. True. Okay, so chapter 21 starts with Feyre freezing. Because the song stopped. And she's like, oh, maybe she just finished that song and is going to start another. No. The spinning wheel also slows. And the front door slams shut. So this is also an oh shit moment. Yeah. <laughs> and the weaver says, who's in my house? And Feyre is absolutely terrified. She's absolutely in survival mode, which she notes she didn't think she could feel this way again. But she is. She tries the window. It's also sealed shut. The weaver turns towards her. And Feyre describes her as having the body of a younger woman. But her face is like gray and wrinkled and sagging. And where her eyes should be are just black pits. Terrifying. (laughs) Is she like the... uh, Is she like the... uh, um... What's the one I like? The cereal? She like the cereal and has a little bit of redemption later. (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) So the weaver asks what Feyre is and then stands up. And Feyre is evaluating her options and sees there's one way out, but she thinks it's suicide. 
And she thinks to herself, though, I'm a wolf. I won't be cornered. I can do this. Like throughout the whole chapter, she keeps thinking, I'm a wolf. I'm a wolf. I'm not like a mouse. I'm the hunt. I'm the hunter here. So she grabs a candle and hurls it towards the weaver's wool and fire erupts. That was so smart. Yeah, she shines in these types of situations. <laughs> so the weaver shrieks and then Feyre lunges towards the chimney and starts hauling herself up. Because remember, she's Faye. She's super strong now, so she can just, you know, climb up a chimney. But she's also really weak because she's malnourished. <laughs> so she's not as fast as she should be. But she's climbing. The chimney starts getting narrower and narrower. And then she gets totally stuck. And then the weaver says, what little mouse is climbing about in my chimney? And then appears below Feyre and starts climbing up. Oh, my God. Okay, this moment. Well, maybe I should have waited two more sentences for to say this, but I've already started now. This moment is so symbolic to me of like the weaver is just her depression and it's just coming up the chimney after her and she just starts like breaking out of the chimney and it's just so symbolic of her like breaking out of this pit that she's been in. Wow, that's so deep. Like that was immediately like that's exactly what's happening here. It was beautiful. I didn't even think about that, but I love that. I love it because, I mean, yeah, she's so burnt out and depressed and everything. This is her, like, getting her purpose back. Yeah. Yeah. The weaver, her depression's just coming after her to, like, take her whole, her fear, her regrets, everything. And she just realizes that she's stronger and literally bursts, like, out of the chimney. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. All I I wrote was... This feels like a horror movie. I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) Equally as intellectual. She's like, she's trapped in the narrow part. And then this creepy, gray, wrinkled, sagging woman without eyes and long hair (laughs) is like climbing up after her. Yeah, it's terrifying. Terrifying. And Feyre's like, I'm going to die here. And she feels like she can't breathe. And she starts to kick against the bricks and just fully panic. But then for a second, she's like, okay, stop and think. And she reminds herself, I beat Amarantha's tasks and I have powers now. Like I did that when I was a human. I have powers now, like strength. So she slams her hand against the chimney and debris starts falling down on the weaver. And Feyre's like mentally hyping herself up. This yeah, is her overcoming yeah. all of, all, some, of her, some of her demons. Her comeback. Yeah. She's like, I'm a survivor. I will not be helpless again. I cannot be tamed. I was like, shout out Miley Cyrus. Yeah. <laughs> And from slamming her hand into the chimney, she gets a brick loose and she hurls it at the weaver's head. I was like, yeah. I know. Resourceful. Okay. Yeah. This stops the weaver because blood starts spraying everywhere. And Farah keeps breaking the chimney and crawling out until she gets onto the roof, which we thought was covered in hay. It's hair. (laughs) (laughs) I'm throwing up. And she's also covered in what she says is fat from the chimney. From like burning people. People. Grease is the word that got me. I was like, oh. Human grease. So the hair starts sticking to her body. Oh my God. Exactly. I'm so unsettled that this was a concept that Sarah (laughs) thought of. What are the two grossest things you can think of? Like decay and 
hair. Yeah. Human decay in hair. Yeah. Being covered in human oils. Other people's human oils. So you have dead people's human hair then sticking to you. It's just like the morgue, basically. It's disgusting. <laughs> I literally got chills. It's disgusting. So the weaver's still after her. But Feyre's now free and she just starts to run in the direction she came from. And she's like, where the F is Reese? Like, she's running, she's running, she doesn't see him. Finally, she finds him and he's just lounging in a tree. Like, he really was so unbothered. And he goes, what the hell did you do? Because she's covered in fat and hair. And in the distance, he said he could hear the weaver screaming. (laughs) And Feyre sees him and just goes, you. (laughs) (laughs) But he grabs her waist and then he winnows them back to Valeris. And they show up at the House of Wind where Amorin and Cassian are arguing. They obviously stop and are stunned because Feyre obviously looks like she's in horrible shape. Amorin tells her that she smells like barbecue. Uh (laughs) Cassian asks if Feyre killed the weaver and then Feyre just pukes all over the floor. Honestly, this is the one time she pukes and I'm like, me too, girl. <laughs> me Justified. Too. Justified. So Feyre runs them through what just happened. And Amran asks Reese, like, where were you? And he just says, far enough away that the weaver couldn't detect me. And Feyre's pissed. She's like, yeah, we could have, like, I could have used some help. But Reese is like, hey, you survived and you found a way to save yourself. And Feyre is like, so you didn't just want me to retrieve this stupid ring. You also wanted to see if I could master my own panic. The Ikea effect. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, that was Reese's plan. He couldn't send her in. Even if she could hunt something down, like the Book of Breathings, he can't just send her to go get it when she's in such bad shape and isn't in survival mode. A man with a plan, I'm telling you. Like, he has to make sure that she can actually function. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Seems like they could have maybe done some other types of training. (laughs) Michelle keeps laughing because I just have an all caps in my notes. Schemer. Manipulator. (laughs) Only when I'm here. I'm like fully team stand when I'm in the comfort of my own room. I mean, favorite did ask earlier that day to be notified of all his schemes. And then he just didn't notify. True. <laughs> I mean, did she think he was really going to tell her all her plans? It's like, yeah, no, no, no. And Cassian calls him a prick for doing this. <laughs> and back to what I was saying earlier, Cassian... Yeah. I don't remember what I was saying earlier, but we like him. (laughs) He said he's not willing to go as far. True. Yeah. Yeah. He like gives similar energy, but like a little bit more empathetic. He cares about her well-being. Yeah. Yeah. He cares about Farah. He also isn't afraid to call Reese out on some of his bullshit, which is good for Reese to have. We need that. Yeah. Because no one will dare do that to Tamlin. Yeah, exactly. But then back to Cassian, Feyre asks Cassian if the offer still stands to train her because she says she doesn't want her only option to be running. Although Amran tells her, you know, running kept you alive today. 
And then Favorite asks Reese, okay, so have I proved myself? And then Reese nods and looks at the ring and just says, this was my mother's ring. And Favorite asks how he lost it. And he says he didn't lose it. His mother gave it to the weaver for safekeeping. And Feyre is like, this is nonsense. You are all idiots. <laughs> that, okay. The mother, I know she was supposed to be like the good parent, but like, this is the second time that I was like, interesting parenting choices here. Like, with the camps she brought him to to train and just like, not to like further the the negative view on Illyrians, but like, with the way that they treat their youths there and women. Um, and then to give the ring, she like gives it to him, then takes it back once he matured and gave it to the weaver. And it's like, you can have that for safekeeping for, and then he would have to go get it later, which then I was like, is this like an engagement ring? I thought the same Like, is this thing. a ring that's supposed to be for safekeeping until he the mating bond? And then I was like, did he mate with Feyre and needs the ring? Sadie, you are just reading all of my thoughts and all of my notes right now. We're on the same page. Same court. I hope that's the same. I hope that's the right page. So I will say, valid point, not the best parenting move in this case, compared to the other parents that we've met, she still is by far the best. Oh, for sure, for sure. I yeah. mean, she did fly around with him at night for fun. Yeah. I wrote, theory, is Rhysand going to give Feyre this ring eventually? Question marks? For sure. For sure. Interesting. <laughs> She's so good at it. I don't know how she doesn't give it away. Like, literally not a trace poker face like sometimes i just say things just to like just to see see a little flinch yeah. of the eye or something it's nothing ever. i was hoping i would see something to be honest yeah. <laughs> that was me testing the waters <laughs> i'm glad because sometimes when you guys say stuff in my mind i'm like literally controlling every nerve in my face to not like <laughs> smile or <laughs> do anything so i'm glad that's coming through but anyway, Feyre is like, I just went through all of that to get this object. I thought it was going to be important. No, it's just a ring you wanted back. Okay, I'm done. I'm done here. I want to go take a bath. I have human hair all over me. Although actually Amryn got rid of the actual hair, but Feyre says she still feels like the... She feels dirty. The remnants mm -hmm. are there. So Reese, sensing this, because he can sense everything grabs her hand, and winnows her back to the townhouse where there's a hot bath waiting for her. But before she can get into the bath, Reese asks about training her other gifts, meaning like her powers, all her new skills that she has. And he tells her, I'm going to train you too as part of our work requirements, which makes sense because if she's going to do this job, she, it would help to be as powerful as she can and actually so, control her. I don't know if we said that, that in the house of wind she turned to cassian and was like i'm i want to train we said that okay okay yeah so she wants to train and i feel like three sand got a little jealous there and was like well you're gonna train with me too 
A hundred percent. You could feel it. Yeah. He's like questioning what she if she was serious about asking Cassie into her room. He's he's doubting himself. Yeah. <laughs> like I wish I didn't make that joke. Yeah. yeah. Literally. He's like, I'm the number one guy around here. <laughs> so he's gonna train her too. And so he asks her to get past his shields. But she's like, I'm so tired. Like, I just want to take a bath. But then he kind of starts goading her. And he's like, you know, with all these powers that you have, though, I'm surprised Ianthe didn't just carve you up on an altar to see what that looks like. And Feyre's like, what is your issue with her? I don't get it. But then he tells her, get past my shields and I'll show you. So he was trying to just goad her into wanting to try and get into his mind. Because she is very curious as to why he doesn't like her. This is the second time he said something. So she tries to and can't. Says she's had enough tests for for the day. So she asks Reese to just elaborate. He says, there are some high priestesses who are self-righteous and dangerous. Implying things about Ianthe, but not really telling Feyre anything yet. And she's really curious. So she tries getting past the shields again and fails. But he says, okay, nice try. I'll show you something. And then she goes into his memories, basically. He lets her in. Specifically, it's a memory of him and Ianthe. And this memory is wild. It's wild. Basically, Ianthe visited the night court a long time ago. Like the, like the, the night court that's the front, the under the mountain night court, the Hewn City. A hundred years ago. A hundred years ago saying that she wanted to create ties between the night court and the priestesses. But when she was there, she tried to seduce Resand super aggressively, super inappropriately. Just was laying naked in his bed when he returned home. Just fully really accosted cringe. him. Yeah, <laughs> fully accosted him. Apparently she did it to Azrael too. Basically just trying to seduce them, secure these, like, high-power mates. M- not mate, because that means something else, but a s- create a strong union for herself, trying to social climb her way up to, like, have powerful kids. Like, it's just very gross and weird. You wrote, she's definitely climbing for power because she's, like, making these offers of, like, oh, the kids we could have. And I was just like, that is really just really weird i i don't know so and, weird and and she's like laying in his bed and he's rejecting her and she just like continues to like feel herself try to feel him that's like why it's so like what are that's you why doing? it's so icky is like these acts of seduction are out of nowhere and reese Azrael both completely not interested but like Reese is like get out and then she tries to physically grab him it's like what are you doing yeah it's very aggressive he says no and she's like okay let me do this then it's like no means no yeah yeah so it's a super gross memory it's somewhat shocking to read honestly I mean we don't know Ianthe that well but it's like whoa but it ends up with Reese telling her to never touch him or another man in his court again and then he breaks her hand like with his power. So I, you know, in this moment, I was like trying to put myself in Feyre's shoes and think about like someone that you're like kind of newly friends with. And I know she's like kind of on the fence with her now, but like think about like someone you're newly friends with 
and then seeing like this like other side to them which is like so wild and out there and you're just like whoa I actually don't know you at all like that is so cringe I thought about that too it's like finding out somebody has like a really dark past or you're like oh I I did not know that so or like someone who seems so sweet and innocent and they're just actually a freak (laughs) she is a freak (laughs) in all ways this is not normal behavior (laughs) also Feyre is trying to get out of this like memory and she's like oops the door closed behind me yes I'm glad you brought that up this whole thing really was a lesson also one to show why Reese doesn't like Ianthe but this was part of the training he was one you know get past his shields she couldn't so he was like oh oh well I'll let you in to show you the memory but then she wasn't able to get out like she physically wasn't able to pull away and stop seeing this vision so that was a lesson to he says never like go into someone's mind if you know you can't get back out because they could trap you and mind control you or whatever man with a plan man with a plan <laughs> yeah a very brutal way to learn this lesson but i also wrote giving game of thrones yes this whole gross memory was just game of thrones-esque yeah yeah Feyre is so horrified by this she says she feels like she's gonna throw up again fair and she's thinking back to the spring court because she tries to be like, well, Ianthe didn't act that way in the spring court. But she, then she remembers how Lucian hated her. And she's so disturbed because she's like, is is that what happened to Lucian? If I go back to the spring court, would Tamlin get rid of her? Now that I'm gone, is she pursuing Tamlin? Well, she didn't finish the sentence, but she threw in a dot, dot, dot. And I was like, oh, my God, was that random theory that I just threw out there in the very beginning coming true? Is something going to happen with Tamlin and Ianthe? Do you think that she's going to try to, like, prey on Tamlin when he's really vulnerable? Like, Feyre left him. Like, he's scared. He's got a lot of fear, a lot of unresolved trauma. Like, I don't know. He's... Seems like she could really prey on him a little bit here. Yeah, I think it could, if not already, then maybe like if he finds out more about, um, because right now I would assume that Tamlin doesn't think it's over, you know? So like if she's not preying on him already, then I think maybe when he finds out how involved she is with Resan now, and then it feels more over. He might be more susceptible to another woman's touch. Do you think Tamlin would forgive Feyre for agreeing to work with Resand? Oh, this is this yeah. is a tough one. I immediately turned to Michelle. I'm like, Michelle, thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> None here right now. This is tough. I have no idea. Like, I just, I wish I knew more of the history between Rhysand's family and Tamlin's family, you know, because I know Rhysand's family, like, basically killed Tamlin's family, but, like, Tamlin wasn't the most proud son of his father, so I would need more understanding of the history, and I also think that he might be, like, 
oh, Feyre, like, it's okay. He he tricked you with his little mind games. And that will, like, just piss Feyre off more because she's like, no, I'm a strong, independent woman. You know what I mean? So Yeah, 100%. And I also think about how Feyre had, like, thought to herself, and this was in, like, earlier chapters, that, like, Tamlin didn't know this side of Rhysand. And, like, she couldn't say anything, especially about, like, Valaris and... um you know she can't really can't really say much without giving everything away so she it's won't like, be able to defend him exactly yeah and no one knows the side of resand except the people in his right so she won't ever be able to like explain herself really to tamlin true so true yeah will we see tamlin again <laughs> i don't even know that just say these last few chapters have been very Jacob and Bella-esque where he is like new moon rebuilding her her confidence you know she's they're working on the motorcycle together he is like having her ride it you know and new moon was my favorite book of the twilight series and this one is my favorite book what I thought you you said earlier you hated it. Well, when you I didn't first even read it, <laughs> yeah. When I first when I first read the Twilight series, when I was ten, <laughs> I was I couldn't fathom that Edward and Bella could possibly break up, and so I wasn't interested in getting to know long haired Jacob. But then, I oh, so now you have something against the long hair? <laughs> you didn't in book one. Okay, on Taylor Lautner, it wasn't. It I'm wasn't. calling you on all your shit. <laughs> Taylor just can't pull that off. <laughs> but then, yeah, call me out. But then, but then, after I think the movies came out and I saw how hot short haired Taylor is, I went back and reread the books and I actually loved New Moon. Those shirtless scenes did it for you, didn't they? They really. I'm just so into like the wolf pack. Yeah, is yeah. way better. Like once you see the movies, you can't unsee like the. It's hard to make pale, like super pale vampires like attractive in movies. Right, like when yeah. you read it, it makes sense. Yeah. But in the movies, I was like, oh no, 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 no. Team Jacob <laughs> yeah. all the way. Yeah. That's so funny. So New Moon, I think, is now now is definitely my favorite. I was like, the, oh, once it's compared to A Court of Mist and Fury, all of a sudden it's the best one. No, 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 no. <laughs> It is the best one. It is the best one. That's so funny. Okay. Um, okay. So let's just quickly ch- close out the chapter. So Feyre is processing all this new info about Ianthe. She looks up. Reese is gone. So Feyre gets into her bath and now she's rethinking of, she's rethinking the agenda that Ianthe was also pushing on her. Like she was the biggest proponent of keeping Feyre at home and untrained and giving her the stay-at-home wife narrative. And she's thinking about what other alternative mo- alternative motives um, Ianthe could have had. And then the chapter ends with Feyre thinking that the role she's in now at the night court, while dangerous, is better than being a party-planning wife. I'm like, isn't there a middle ground, though? <laughs> <laughs> the way she said it, I wrote this down. She said, book tracker rather than party planning wife for breeding little high lords. Yeah. Like, what a way to think about this. Yeah. This is what her life is boiling down to in her head. Yeah. What about being one of the artists down in Valeris? 
That sounds nice to me. I would love to retire there. How do I sign up? Yeah, she could still have a purpose, but it just felt like it did go to a different extreme. Like she was kept at home every day, not doing, literally not allowed to leave the house. And now it's like every day, dangerous mission, bone carver, weaver. Now she's an emissary. Just planning a war. It's a lot for one girl. It's a lot. It's a lot. And the whole plan is centered around her. Yeah, I don't think she's fully processed that yet. No. There's a lot of things she has not processed yet. We'll just keep that there. Baby steps for Faye. Any other thoughts on these three chapters? No, but I am excited that things are starting to roll for Resand and Feyre. Like, morally, am I okay with it? Am I ready for it? No, but, like, I am ready for more of a balance between the action and the romance um, because my blood pressure is unwell. <laughs> yeah, that last chapter, I wrote I wrote down, um, wow, Weaver almost catching Feyre has my heart racing. Never sped read so fast in my life. <laughs> For real. So book one, it was very separate, right? Like the first half of the book, even more of that is really just centered basically on Feyre and Tamlin's relationship. And then it goes full action without any Feyre and Tamlin. Mm-hmm. And then this yeah. book, we're clearly getting action early on. Yeah. There's and more it, of a and there's, yeah, there's more. There's some flirtatious there's moments mixed moments in. And yeah. Yeah, I like it. But I need the intimate moments to be more. Need more emotion. And, like, no, there's plenty of emotion, like, right? Like, Feyre having her realizations about her relationship with Tamlin and who she is. And there is good emotional moments, but I want love. Yeah, but to your point, it's a little soon for love. I know. I I didn't realize it was four days. I was thinking it was more like a month, which is still not okay for you. No, I think it's actually, I think it's actually been a maximum of five days since she left the spring court. I can't believe it's only been five days. I thought it was way longer than that. Emotionally, it's been a lifetime. It's been a roller coaster. Because as I'm thinking through it, she left the spring court. And I think it's then the next day she wakes up. And in that day, she goes to the night court, has dinner with the inner circle. The next day, they go to the bone carver. But that might be two days because she fails the first time. Oh, right, right. But then she gets back from the bone carver. They hatch this whole plan. And then the next day, they go to the weaver. That's four days. I just can't tell time, especially at the end of book one. There were some time leaps in there. Yeah. And I think I just lost all my sense of time. So true. Like, I think what? We've now spent like at least six plus chapters on those four days. <laughs> Emotionally a lifetime. And then at the end of the book one, six chapters, right. that's like the three tasks. Amarantha dies <laughs> and the curse is broken. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that brings us to the end of chapters 19 through 21. Next episode we will be covering chapters 22 through 25. These are really good too. Ooh, I 
can't wait. And thank you, Michelle. You were such a great guest. You came out here with your notes, all your words of wisdom. I loved it. The IKEA effect. The IKEA I'm literally gonna effect. be using that at work. It's gonna be integrated into my everyday life. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you both for having me on the podcast. This has been so much fun and I am so excited to read the next couple of chapters. I'm I'm on the edge of my seat. It's been so fun to watch you read them as well. And then you've just been so supportive of the pod. Like, I'm just so glad you're here with us. Yes. One thing I meant to say earlier, but I forgot. Michelle has been described by several people as having a likeness to more the character because she's oh. a girl's girl oh my god totally yeah totally the and your night court i am you are more thank you that's the highest compliment i could ever receive oh my i am blushing no this was so fun i love having guests okay well thank you michelle thank you everyone for listening remember to follow us on instagram at gals on topic Follow us on TikTok. I posted one today. Also at, <laughs> also at Cal's on Topic. Um, don't forget to subscribe. Follow us on Spotify, Apple, Mu- Apple Music, Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a review. And we'll see you next episode. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. Bye, guys. <laughs>